Yo, what is going on, Cover 7 family? Welcome back to episode 59. I hope y'all had an amazing weekend. I hope y'all watched plenty of sports, accomplished anything that you needed to get accomplished, and just overall had an amazing weekend as we kick off summertime. Now, on today's episode, guys, we will be mostly focusing around college football and actually MLB. There really isn't too much going on in the NFL. The NBA Finals are still under underway with Game 2 happening tonight as I am recording this episode on Sunday. So we will discuss that probably on Wednesday's episode after a few more games have been played. But anyway, guys, before we do begin today's episode, as we always do, please make sure that you have followed the official Instagram and TikTok of the Cover 7 with Mason Pierce podcast at Cover 7 with Mason Pierce on both of those platforms. I'm telling you guys, we've got great daily amazing sports moments and news. And like I said, if you really do enjoy being caught up to date every single day on sports, just anything, I highly suggest following both of those accounts. But anyway, guys, let's get right into today's episode. Now, the first news, it will be regarding the Ole Miss Rebels. Now, the Rebels have had a pretty strong offseason, I would say so myself. They upgraded majorly at the running back position, getting transfer running backs in Ulysses Bentley and Zach Evans, and you know also getting Jackson Dart, who the quarterback formerly of USC. So they've constantly been attacking the transfer portal, and they've also been putting up some pretty solid numbers in the recruiting cycle as well, as they currently have the number 48 recruiting class in the class of 2023. Now, Ole Miss just got a pretty key commitment, and it's not necessarily the the guy that did commit to the school. It's the impact that could happen by this this player committing to Ole Miss. And this commitment actually comes in the form of four-star junior college cornerback Roman Rashada. Now, Roman Rashada, he is the older brother of 2023 four-star quarterback Jaden Rashada, who is ranked top 50 in the country for the class of 2023. He's highly sought after due to the fact that he is astounding 6'4", 185 pounds. So he's got the prototypical you know, frame that you want in a quarterback. And he also has an amazing pocket presence and is also very mobile. So obviously a lot of schools are wanting to get after him. And right now, currently Ole Miss is the betting favorite to get him after both um, Roman and his little brother Jaden visited Oxford. I think it was last week before, you know, obviously Roman would end up committing to the Rebels. Now, like I said, the Rebels are currently the favorite to land Rashada, especially after his Elite 11 selection named Ole Miss. Also, one of seven schools going along with LSU, Oregon, Florida, Miami, California, and Texas A&M to be the final, I guess you could say finalist to land the very talented quarterback out of California. So this is very good news for Rebels fans. I mean, they just got Jackson Dart this offseason from USC, and he'll probably have a very strong career with the Rebels. But I do think them getting Jaden would absolutely be key in their future at the quarterback position as he's already looking to make a huge impact on whatever school does end up landing him. So once again, Lane Kiffin is completely transformed the Ole Miss program. I mean, I'm actually kind of happy to see the fact that Ole Miss has kind of just done a 360 and, you know, they're finally getting on the right track after having a couple of years just absolutely struggling in the SEC. So once again, amazing commitment also for Ole Miss, but also could have a very good butterfly effect for the Rebels. Now, the next news we have, guys, is going to be regarding former four-star wide receiver and actually LSU wide receiver, Coy Moore. Now, Coy Moore, he has spent the past two seasons at LSU, not really seeing too, too much playing time due to just the absolutely stacked roster that LSU currently has, especially at the wide receiver position. He would only go on to record um, 27 catches for 248 yards in his two years at LSU, which totaled after 11 games. So, obviously... You know, didn't really have too much of an opportunity, so, you know, 
like Coy and a lot of his other teammates, they all decided to enter the transfer portal due to, you know, the whole new regime of Brian Kelly coming to the LSU Tigers. Now, Coy actually did make his announcement on Sunday and announced he would be joining SEC West rival the Auburn Tigers. So he will stay a Tiger, but this time it will be in the Navy and Orange. And this will definitely be interesting as LSU takes on Auburn on October 1st. So this will be really interesting to see if he has a, like actually you know explosive game against the LSU Tigers. And I mean, it's a really good pickup for um, Auburn because I know depth-wise they're not really that great when it comes to the wide receiver position, unlike LSU. So huge pickup for the Auburn Tigers as, once again, Coy is also a former four-star recruit coming out of high school. And now we will kind of stay in the SEC slash the Pac-12 as we will, as we will be talking about former Alabama and USC defensive lineman Ishmael uh, Softshire. I'm sorry if I butchered that name, but he has officially re-entered the transfer portal. Now Ishmael, he was a former four-star recruit coming out of high school, and he was also a top 10 defensive lineman in the country going into the 2019 recruiting cycle. Now the only problem is he didn't ever really see any action at Alabama and USC, and you know he probably is probably going to end up transferring to a smaller group of five school, and will probably obviously be end up being their starting defensive lineman. But he does have amazing size, and I do expect him to probably have a decent immediate impact on whatever team he does join. So once again, another player has entered the transfer portal. Now the next news we do have this is regarding former Iowa wide receiver Charlie Jones. Now Charlie Jones he just got off his season where he was first team All Big Ten as a kick returner and was also voted as the Big Ten's return specialist of the year. So obviously very very special player when it comes to the special team side of the ball. Now Charlie did announce about a week ago that he would be entering the transfer portal and. A lot of people speculated Notre Dame could probably be high on his list, but Charlie actually did make his commitment a couple days ago, and he announced that he would be joining the Purdue Boilermakers. So this is actually a really good pickup for Purdue as they just lost All-American and Cleveland Browns third-round draft pick David Bell to the NFL draft and also could potentially hold over Milton Wright, whose status currently right now for the Boilermakers is kind of unknown and very uncertain. So this is an absolutely a fantastic pickup for the um, Purdue Boilermakers as they're already getting a proven veteran in college football. Now, guys, that is it for, like, commitment news, transfer portal news, and stuff like that. But we actually do have some kind of interesting headliners, if if you want to call them that. And the first one is regarding current Texas quarterback and wide receiver duo Quinn Ewers and Xavier Worthy. Now, Quinn Ewers, formerly of Ohio State, he transferred to Texas during this past offseason after he originally was committed to Texas in high school before flipping his commitment to the Buckeyes. And... Obviously, it was largely due, in fact, to the NIL money that he was offered going to the Buckeyes, took that, and then decided to come back home. But anyway, Xavier Worthy, who was a freshman All-American last year for the Longhorns, a former five-star recruit coming out of high school. So both of these guys are expected to absolutely make a splash on the field, but they're also expected to make a huge splash when it comes to NIL money since they have been with Texas, as obviously both are big-name college football players. Now, Actually, during this past week, Quinn Ewers and Xavier Worthy, they actually both inked a deal with Epic Games, who is the founder of Fortnite. And in case you don't remember Fortnite, it's a battle royale video game, kind of cartoony-ish, where it absolutely took over pretty much any type of social media, video games, whatever you might have it, back in early 2018 and late 2018. And 
actually back on June 1st, Quinn Ewers and Xavier Worthy, they did officially announce that they would be you know, becoming partners with Fortnite, and they were kind of showing off the new no-build Battle Royale for Fortnite. So I think this is really cool that we're starting to see even some video game companies, these huge names. Obviously, we've seen Nike and Beats by Dre sponsor um, Caleb Williams, the quarterback at USC. And I just, I mean, it's really cool. And the funny thing is, Quinn Ewers hasn't even taken a, you know, a actual snap in college football yet as a starter. He did take a couple in garbage time for the Buckeyes last season. But once again, Quinn Ewers is, was one of the highest rated recruits in, call, in, in high school football history. And, you know, a lot of people have a lot of high expectations for him. I do think it solely is for the fact that the name Quinn Ewers does bring a lot of attention. And Fortnite was obviously like, yeah, we're absolutely going to go after him. And then the fact that Xavier Worthy, who could possibly win the Belenikoff Trophy this year with Texas, you know, getting another guy like that who could even brand their game even more is absolutely a smart business move for both sides. Because once again, Quinn Ewers, they're absolutely probably making at least a you know tens of thousands of dollars off of this deal. And then also in the fact Fortnite's kind of branching out to more the sports side of you know Fortnite. So I think it is really cool that these type of NIL deals exist, not the you know, boosters and companies that are related to universities paying kids some absurdly amount of money just to come to their school. I actually, like I said, I agree with this side of NIL where players are getting sponsored by companies, you know, how it is in the NFL where players, you know, they'll get brand deals. And I think that, you know, college athletes, if they're good enough, they deserve to get that as well. But once again, I do still think there needs to be change when it does come to the whole boosters and all that, paying these kids underneath contracts and stuff like that just to get them to come to their school. But anyway, it's absolutely cool the fact that Quinn Ewers and Xavier Worthy both got a NIL deal by Fortnite. I just that's just really cool. I mean, I'm kind of glad that you know a lot of these brands are starting to realize the potential that college football does have, whether it's business wise or just you know entertainment wise. So, absolutely amazing by Xavier Worthy and Quinn Ewers. Now, the next news we have, it actually is regarding the Big 12 Conference. Now, the Big 12 Conference, they announced on June 3rd that they will distribute a record $426 million to its 10-member institutions this year, which is roughly an average of $42.5 million per school. So, this consists of schools like Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, Kansas State, Kansas, TCU, Texas, Iowa State, West Virginia, Baylor, and then obviously Texas Tech. So, this is absolutely fantastic. And also, this is a record for the Big 12. Now, the one thing you're probably wondering is, well, this might be due in the fact that Texas and Oklahoma, you know, a lot of these schools will never see them play at their schools again. So, fans are obviously going to be attracted to go to the games. But also don't be shocked because the Big 12 also is looking to have a very bright future according to, you know, outgoing commissioner Bob Balls. Uh, Balls I can't even tell. Man, if any of y'all can say his name properly, I will give y'all $5. But anyway, he actually did predict that the league will distribute another $50 million in total revenue, which is roughly obviously $5 million per school over the next two years with Oklahoma and Texas as members on their way to the uh, SEC in 2025. Now, obviously, Cincinnati, UCF, BYU, and um, God, Houston, those schools will be joining the Big 12 in 2023. They've already announced it. They're working on the deal right now so that they can buy out the rest of their contracts with the American. BYU's an independent, so they're able to join right away. But anyway, it's actually going to be pretty interesting to see all of these schools playing together for at least two years until – 
you know, Texas and OU head out to the SEC. But one of the schools that will be joining the Big 12 next season, and you're kind of shocked that will actually probably bring a lot, a lot more revenue to the conference, is actually BYU because, like I said, BYU, they are an independent you know, school. They're not associated with any conference. They made roughly about $39 million in athletic revenue last year just alone from its own TV deals and NCAA championship revenue. So this will be really interesting to see if the how much the Big 12 does lose by Texas and OU leaving because they're going to lose money. Texas and OU are such historic blue blood teams in college football, and the fact that you're losing both of those schools at the same time and they're going to another juggernaut conference. I mean, the SEC revenue-wise is going to absolutely shoot through the roof because, once again, Texas alone, I think their football program makes roughly $100 million a year, and they spend that about almost about that same amount every season. So it's, it's just going to be really interesting to see this whole situation unfold. I do think the Big 12 will be fine. They probably will be looked at more as kind of a group of five conference still, but... I really don't think teams should underestimate them simply for the fact that Texas and OU are gone because once again Texas and OU you're going to they're going to really in my opinion they're going to get exposed going to the SEC playing schools like Georgia, Alabama, LSU, Arkansas on a consistent basis versus just a bowl game or possibly a non-conference game to start off the year because we saw when Texas went up to Fayetteville last season they got destroyed. I mean, yes, Arkansas finally kind of rebounded with Sam Pittman, but Texas just didn't even stand a chance. And then we've seen through years and years and years, Oklahoma's never been able to fully get over that hill when it comes to the college football playoff, and they've always kind of seemed to struggle when they play schools like Clemson and uh, Alabama and Georgia. So this will definitely be interesting to see how the SEC works as well because you know, will those two schools either get proven, hey, they are worthy of the SEC, or hey, will they be proven of, you? we probably should have stayed in the Big 12, and I think it's kind of funny because a lot of people suggest why Lincoln Riley left for USC, not just for the money and everything, but he left for um, USC simply for the fact that he knew ahead of time, and yada, 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 that, you know, Oklahoma was going to the SEC, and he secretly was making plans with USC under the table so he could eventually leave after their season ended, which is what he exactly did after they played Oklahoma State. So, But anyway, besides the fact, Big 12, they made a record amount of money last year, and they're looking to continue to do it for these next two, two to three years until UT and OU leave. And even then, I think the markets that BYU has, UCF has, Cincinnati has, and even Houston, because Houston basketball-wise is really good. They're a top program in the country. BYU, simply for the fact up in Utah, it's really just BYU and Utah, you know, university-wise. And BYU has a very strong following. And Cincinnati, they've kind of emerged as, you know, that little brother to Ohio State in Ohio. So it, it's going to be really cool to see. I think, like I said, the Big 12 will be fine. They will be kind of looked at more as a group of five, you know, conference, but they'll still be solid. And same with the SEC, them getting Texas and OU. It might prove finally that Texas and OU, they are who they say they are, or they're exactly the complete opposite. But anyway, guys, that is it for today's college football segment. There wasn't a lot, a lot to talk about, but, you know, I do think it's pretty cool how much money the Big 12 made simply for the fact that, you know, Texas and OU, they will be leaving soon. And a lot of fans, they're going to want to at least see these teams a couple more times before they do head over to the SEC. But anyway, guys, that is it for today's college football segment. So let's head over to some NFL news. 
And we actually have one NFL news to talk about. There really hasn't been anything else that's gone on. I might talk about a little couple just unique things. But anyway, our only news for today's NFL segment is actually regarding the Buffalo Bills. Now, the Buffalo Bills, they're not done when it comes to signing free agents. They actually went out and signed former West Virginia standout wide receiver Tavon Austin to a one-year contract. I actually personally like this because Tavon Austin... Ever since he did make it to the NFL, and even some, you know, even partially some of his time at West Virginia, he was mainly used kind of as a um, return specialist, and he really has mostly played that role in the NFL. But anyways, this is actually an amazing signing for the Buffalo Bills, as they can actually use him once again, kind of like they used Isaiah McKenzie for the most part during the season as a Swiss Army knife, where if they need him in the slot, they can put him in the slot. If they need him on the outside, they can put him on the outside. And once again, I do think he primarily will be on special teams, but he does add a little bit more depth as he was a two-time All-American in college. And he has that famous YouTube video titled Only One by Duggity Dog on YouTube, where his senior season was one for the books in college football history. I remember watching the West Virginia-Oklahoma game back in 2012, and even though West Virginia would go on to lose to the Sooners, he just absolutely destroyed that Sooners defense. He put up some absurd stat line, like 500 yards total from the field, like all-purpose yards, and you could tell from that point on he was going to be something special. He actually was named to the 2013 All-Rookie Team, and he looked to have a bright NFL career. Now, due to a couple injuries and just not really getting a lot of playing time, he kind of bounced back and forth between teams, most recently playing for the Jacksonville Jaguars. But I do think he will fit very well up in Buffalo. So, great signing by the Bills going out and getting the veteran Tavon Austin. So, anyways, guys, that is it really for the new side of today's um, NFL segment during today's episode. There was a couple little things like Kyler Murray, he finally returned to OTAs for the Cardinals, which is a good sign for them. I figured he probably would anyway because, no offense, he hasn't, like I said, he hasn't proven himself enough to earn that huge contract extension that he wants. Um, Russell Wilson also is demanding apparently a $50 million a year contract if for the Broncos to keep him, which... Man, if Russ, if this was five to six years ago, I think they would have handed you that in a heartbeat. But the fact that you are aging, you're you're getting up there in age for quarterback standards. I think he's about mid thirties now, so it's going to be a little bit more difficult. I do think the Broncos will probably pay, you know, give him that money as they did with Peyton Manning back in, oh Lord, what was it, two thousand, the you know early two thousand tens. But anyway, guys, that is it for today's NFL segment. Now let's talk about some MLB news, and the first MLB news that I do want to talk about is actually regarding the Philadelphia Phillies. Now, it's not for what they've been able to do on the field, it's actually what they haven't been able to do on the field and how it actually impacted their manager, Joe Girardi. Now starting off the, 22, the 2022 season, the Philadelphia Phillies absolutely have not lived up to the expectations they should be achieving right now as they currently have a record of 22 and 29 having lost seven of their past nine games and are currently sitting third in the NL East so it's not really looking good for a team that currently has the reigning NL MVP and Bryce Harper they went out and got Kyle Schwarber um, Nick Castellanos and added a couple other key um key additions because they currently right now have five 2021 all-stars on their team a payroll above the luxury tax but they still haven't you know made the playoffs yet and that's what they were wanting Joe Girardi to do with the Philadelphia Phillies now after losing a pretty miserable game 
On Friday of last week, the Philadelphia Phillies officially announced that they would be relieving manager Joe Girardi of all of his duties with the Phillies, which is not really surprising as a lot of people suspected the Phillies to eventually let go of him. But the biggest question currently right now in the MLB is, who do we put the blame on for the Phillies, you know, um, non-success? Do we put it on the players and how kind of they've just been disappointing, especially the guys on bigger contracts like Kyle Schwarber and Nick Castellanos? Would we put the blame on Joe Girardi for, you know, putting in certain pitchers at times where that certain pitcher does not need to be put in? But anyway, just wanted to let y'all know that, uh, you know, in my opinion, a great manager in Joe Girardi has been released by the Phillies after having a historically bad start to the 2022 campaign. But anyways, guys, for our final news of today's episode, I want to talk about the Houston Astros and their DH, Jordan Alvarez. Now, Jordan Alvarez... He's kind of emerged as one of the more underrated players in all of baseball. Is currently right now for the 2022 season. His stats are looking like he's batting 284 with a 381 on base percentage, a 592 slugging percentage, and an OPS of 972 while also hitting 15 home runs and 33 RBIs. So he's having a very strong season so far. No one's really talked about him too much, which has kind of shocked me because every time I've watched him, considering I'm from the Dallas, Texas area, so I go to a lot of Ranger games and we play the you know the Astros a lot considering they're also in the AL West. He's an absolute slugging machine. Like he will hit you a home run pretty much on command. But anyway, the Houston Astros actually decided, you know what, we need to at least keep this guy. I know we let Carlos Correa, you know, leave in free agency, so we at least need to keep one of our stars, and they did exactly this. The Houston Astros and slugging DH Jordan Alvarez have agreed to a six-year, $115 million contract extension that will keep Jordan and, you know, Houston for pretty much the foreseeable future because this contract doesn't even kick in until next year. And I think, actually, this is a very a team-friendly deal because I know a lot of teams would probably have paid this guy dang, dang near up upwards of eight years, 200-something million, and the fact that he took a six-year, $115 million deal to stay with Houston, that's an absolute, absolutely huge W for the Astros. Is that They will at least keep him long-term, and they won't have to bake, you know, break the bank to keep him either, so huge W for the Astros. But anyway, guys, that is it for today's episode. I hope y'all absolutely enjoyed today's episode. I know I enjoyed making it for y'all. Before y'all do head out, if you do feel like kind of stepping up your support for the Cover 7 with Mason Pierce podcast and you are feeling a little bit generous, Anchor.com has an amazing program type thingy where it's called Monthly Supporters where you pretty much just pay five, uh, $4.99, a.k.a. $5 a month, and it helps me to... Um, better the pot better the podcast better the quality and also eventually give y'all some exclusive perks and even some giveaways when we hit milestones but anyway guys i hope y'all absolutely enjoyed today's episode i hope you have an amazing monday and tuesday and i will see y'all back here on wednesday peace guys